Hello, I am Jamie Carpenter, and um, I was blessed with an event that happened at my house. A gentleman from a Bible fellowship class contacted me, and he came over, and he had said to me, make a list of the things that you need fixed. And I picked out six things, and he pointed out, he said, why don't we add this to your list? Why didn't we add this? And we just kept on walking, and that list got longer and longer and longer and longer. May the 18th, the whole crew from this class showed up at my house. There was a lot of them. And throughout the day, they t boards were taken off the deck, new board decking boards got put down. I got a new ramp for the shed. They painted, they power washed. My son um, is special needs and he can now safely walk on that deck. A, a, a gate that never could open or never could close has been fixed. Also during the day, um, I kept getting these phone calls and I'd look out and my neighbors are just standing out there with a phone, holding their phone going, what is going on at your house? And I was able to tell them it's the love of Jesus. It has blessed my family so much and I'm so grateful for it, so thank you. I hope you're enjoying these stories. These are a lot of fun, aren't they? Man, awesome seeing how you are being the church out there in our community, being the church on your street. Man, there's so much going on here all the time. So much going on this morning. We started a new service today, 8, 8 o'clock, and uh, we're on two campuses, and children are being taught, and youth are being taught, and adults are being taught. It's just incredible how much activity is going on here right now. And did you know that it is all absolutely meaningless? Absolutely worthless if Christ has not been raised from the dead. Did you know it's the Bible that says that? It's the Bible says if this didn't happen, if the resurrection is not real, then this is all meaningless. It actually says, 1 Corinthians 15, 17 to 19, it actually says you're to be pitied. You are to be pitied. The person who believes on this Christ, believes on Christ only to find out that it was only for this world. The Bible says, I, I pity you. What a waste. You know, I'm not aware of a, of another religion, of, a, of another religious leader, of, of another philosophy of life, a worldview that, that banks its authority, that, that banks its validity on one single event. If this didn't happen, walk away. I mean, folks, think about all of the issues, all of the things that are dealt with in the Bible, all of the things that we learn, and yet the Scripture seems to be saying, ignore all of it if the resurrection didn't happen. Oh, but praise the Lord, for in fact, Christ has been raised from the dead. Amen? That, that's an hallelujah. Go ahead and let one go there. Yes, man, Christ has been raised from the dead. Let's read about that. Would you turn with me this morning to Luke chapter 24? Luke chapter 24. You'll find that about, I don't know, three-fourths of the way through your, your Bible. It's in the New Testament. 
Matthew and Mark are, are to the left of it. John and Acts are, are to the right of it, if you're kind of thumbing through there. So Matthew, Mark, Luke. Luke chapter 24. We're continuing our, our way, moving through the whole Bible. You know, I've been saying that all year long, haven't I? Do you know we're actually coming to the end? It's 42 messages. If you're new to our church, we've been doing this all of 2019, kind of getting a, a, a overview of the entire Bible, 42 messages. We are doing that in here. We're doing it in our life group uh, classes. So it's kind of a, you, you get a couple of different angles on looking at every passage. And so we have been doing that. And Next, we go in, I think, Acts to Revelation, and we're done. We're like six or seven weeks away from, from being done with what we've been talking about all, all year here. So Luke chapter 24, look at verse 1. But on the first day of the week, at early dawn, they went to the tomb, taking the spices they had prepared. And they found the stone rolled away from the tomb. But when they went in, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were perplexed about this, behold, two men stood by them in dazzling apparel. And as they were frightened and bowed their faces to the ground, the men said to them, Why do you seek the living among the dead? He's not here. He's risen. Remember how he told you while he was still in Galilee that the Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified and on the third day rise? And they remembered his words, and returning from the tomb, they told all these things to the eleven, that's the eleven disciples, one's missing, Judas, uh, after the resurrection, uh, killed himself. So now we're down to eleven, so they, they go back and tell this to the eleven and all the rest. Now it was Mary Magdalene and Joanna and Mary, the mother of James, and the other women with them who told these things to the apostles, but, listen to their response, but these words seem to them an idle tale. Their report about Jesus being live, that's, that's silly. That's foolishness. That's, that, 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 what are you all doing? You've lost your minds. And they did not believe them. Verse 12, but Peter rose and ran to the tomb. Now, he's not running to the tomb because he believes Jesus is alive. He's not running to the tomb before the angels leave. But here is a fact. The body is missing. I mean, can you imagine, you know, you've, you've been to a funeral and a couple of days later you find the, that the tomb, the, the burial site's been ransacked and you, well, I, I got to go see what's going on here. So that's kind of where Peter's mindset is. He runs out there stooping in and looking. He saw the linen cloths by themselves and he went home marveling at what had happened. Let's drop down to verse 36. Luke 24, verse 36. As they were talking about these things, that's again the disciples uh, Jesus himself stood among them and said to them, peace to you. But they were startled and frightened and they thought they saw a spirit. Your translation may say they, they thought they saw a ghost. And he said to them, why are you troubled? Why do doubts arise in your hearts? See my hands and my feet, that it is I myself. Touch me and see, for a spirit does not have flesh and bones as you see that I have. And when he said this, he showed them his hands and his feet. While they still disbelieved for joy, they were marveling. He said to them, have you anything to eat here? I love that line. I mean, he's trying to prove to him he's not a ghost, right? Okay, the hands and feet didn't do it. Uh, Y'all got anything to eat? They're all kind of looking like, I 
think we have some fish left over from lunch. And that's what they gave him, a piece of fish. <laughs> they gave him a piece of broiled fish, and he took it, and he ate it before them. He's trying to prove he's real, he's alive. Verse 44, then he said to them, These are my words that I spoke to you while I was still with you, that everything written about me in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms must be fulfilled. Then he opened their minds to understand the Scriptures. Have you ever prayed that? Hey, Lord, would you open my mind to understand the scriptures? And he said to them, thus it is written that Christ should suffer and on the third day rise from the dead and that repentance for the forgiveness of sins should be proclaimed in his name to all nations beginning from Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things. And boy, they did go on to be great, great witnesses of what they saw, what they heard, what they learned, everything that they had experienced with Jesus. You know, I've been a a, a pastor now for almost 30 years, so as you can probably do the math, I've probably been to more funerals than you have. I I, I go to a lot of funerals, and, and you know, I can say with a great deal of confidence that whenever I've been to a funeral, the person that we were there to honor, the person we were there to bury, not once... Not even one time have I seen them walking around three days later. Not, not once did I get a call and say, hey, we did the service for Joe last week. Hey, he came by the house today. You know, that, that doesn't happen, does it? I, I, I mean, we don't see people rising again, which, by the way, is why I think it is so incredibly gutsy. I, I guess that's the word. So incredibly gutsy of the Scripture to base its validity on an event that the average thinking person's going to have a hard time believing. Think about that. This is not the easy thing to believe in, and yet everything is based on that. And guess what? The people of Jesus' day, they were average thinking people. I, I think sometimes we look, well, those, the people back then just ran around after fairy tales. They believed anything. No, they didn't. They were just as skeptical as you and I would be. As, as a matter of fact, the disciples, did, did you notice how slow to believe they were when they actually should have been pretty quick? Think about the disciples, what they have seen over the last three years. The miracles that they saw Jesus do in the physical realm, in the, in the spiritual realm. They've seen Jesus interact with death. There's a couple of times that he, he literally raises a person that had just died, just died an hour ago, and, and Jesus comes and, and, and brings them back to life. And then, of course, a real big one, he, he actually called somebody out of the tomb that had been in there four days. The, the funeral was four days ago. Now, you think about it. I'm, I'm a friend of Christ. I'm walking around. I've seen these miracles. I've seen his power over death. I, I've seen, you know, you're going to be thinking, I mean, that guy's pretty special, He seems to have some real tricks up his sleeve here. But it's not just what he could do. Jesus had said, hey, when we get to Jerusalem, it's going to go kind of bad. I'm going to get there. I'm going to be betrayed. I'm going to be arrested. I'm going to be beaten. I'm going to be crucified. But three days later, I'm going to rise again. And now they're in this weekend that Jesus has been referring to. And every single thing has happened just as he said it would. Now, when everything has happened just like he said it would, when they've seen his power, wouldn't you think that at least one of them Sunday morning goes, should one of us run down to the tomb and see if this rising again thing is for real? I mean, wouldn't you think they'd just be mildly curious? 
And, and not only did they not go to the tomb to see if he had risen, they didn't believe the report when it came back to them. When, when the women came and told him, hey, he, he's alive, just, just like he said, what does it say? Their words were like an idle tale to them. It, 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 foolishness, silliness, I, it, that, that's crazy. And, and who are these people that are telling this? These are their friends, people they love, people they, they trust. You know, when you hear something crazy, now, now your response to that is going to depend on who you get it from, right? If an enemy tells you something crazy, you're probably going to assume they're trying to trick you, they're trying to manipulate, they're, you know, they're doing something. You know, if a, uh, if a stranger tells you something crazy, wait, well, that person's nuts, you know, I just get, get away from them. But now if somebody lo- that you love tells you something crazy, well, you probably would say they're nuts too, but... You're going to at least ask a question or two, right? Yeah, what are you talking about? Why are you saying that? What, what do you mean? I mean, you're going to... Because, because normally you trust this person. Normally you listen to this person. But, but no, they didn't do that. They, they didn't believe that. Because it, it's not normal. I mean, I, mean, I mean, you know, when we've got thousands and thousands of years of human history, when we have billions upon billions of funerals that all have the same outcome, well, obviously a story of resurrection is going to be heard with some, with some skepticism, right? You know, it's interesting because we've got we to decide now if this really happened. I, I, find, I find one thing real interesting. All four Gospels have women interacting first with this whole story. It's, it's women that go to the tomb. It's women that discover it's, it's empty. It's women that see the angels. In, in Luke's telling, the women leave to go back and tell the, uh, the apostles. But we know from the other gospels that Mary Magdalene actually stayed back for a moment there in the garden of tomb. And Mary Magdalene is the first one to actually see the resurrected Christ. And so it, it, it's women that are the first ones saying this has happened and, and this is real. That right there is proof that this happened. Because women don't lie, right? No, that's not it. That's not it at all. <laughs> no, you, you, you know why I would actually say I mean, for me, that's proof that this happened because you have to remember the time that the Gospels are being written, the time that this story is going out. In this culture, in the cultures all around the world, a woman could not even be a legal witness in a court of law. Her word had no validity. I'm not saying that's right. The Scripture's not saying that's right. That's the reality of history. That is the reality of the world at that time. So now, think about this. If I am making this up, because that's what, that's what a lot of people who read this believe, right? Matthew, Mark, Luke, they, they just made this stuff up. If I'm making this up, or a group of us are making this up, think of when they're writing it, when they're telling it, there's no way I'm going to use women to be the initial witnesses of the resurrected Christ. That, listen, this story is already hard enough to believe. I'm not going to invalidate it right out of the gate. I'm, I'm not going to make people just throw up their hands. This, this, this is craziness right there. As a matter of fact, it almost makes you wonder, why, why did they write this story with all these women being the first one? Because it's the truth. That's why. 
It's just as simple as that. Doesn't matter whether people accept it or not, like it or not. It was the women that were the first ones to see the empty tomb, to see the angels, to see the resurrected Christ. Man, that's, that's evidence right there. If I'm making it up, there's no way. There's no way I write into the story the use of all these women. Listen, when we, when we read this, uh, uh, again, we're not used to seeing people rise from the grave and be walking around afterwards. And so we are. We're left with trying to, hey, how can I discover if this is real or not? Am I supposed to discover if this is real or not? And when you're building evidence for something, we have all kinds of things that prove something happened. Like in our day, DNA evidence is a pretty big deal, right? And you got, you got DNA. We always want DNA when we're trying to, to prove something. Another thing, then and today, the eyewitness. There's really very little bigger than an eyewitness testimony. You realize people have been executed on the word of an eyewitness. I mean, today. That, that's, that's, a bit, that's how powerful an eyewitness is. People have spent decades in prison because of something that an eyewitness Said, we put a lot of stock in, in an eyewitness. Now, can an eyewitness be wrong? Yes, they can. Don't be afraid to say it. Yeah, they can be wrong. Can, can an eyewitness be lying? Yeah, that can happen. So that's what we have attorneys for, right? And they're going to go in there and they're going to show, here's why we can't believe this eyewitness. Here's why we, we think this eyewitness is lying. Listen, we're not saying just because there's eyewitnesses, we just accept it without thought. But we are saying that when you've got an eyewitness, that that's something you have to interact with. And we're not talking about one eyewitness. We're not talking about one day. You know, we have Mary Magdalene there at the garden tomb who sees Jesus. We have Peter who has at least one, maybe two. He has appearances with Christ all alone. Then you have a portion of the disciples or all of the disciples that see the resurrected Christ multiple times. Paul sees the resurrected Christ. And this doesn't get a lot of play, but, but it is part of the history. There was one time that Jesus appeared to over 500 people at one time. People have floated the idea, well, you know, this is some kind of hallucination. This is some kind of, you know, he, he pulled some kind of magic in the, in the moment. J- Jesus appeared multiple times over six to seven weeks. He appeared at night. He appeared in the day. He appeared when they were emotionally grieving. He appeared when they were emotionally joyful and, and, and brave. He appeared before individuals. He appeared before groups. He p- appeared before large crowds. That's a lot of eyewitnesses just to dismiss. That's a lot of eyewitnesses just to say, you, you, you know, that, that, that didn't happen. Uh, you know, folks, when you, when you read the story, when you read the story of Christ, you may have a hard time believing it. You may say, I don't believe it. But you can't call it a fairy tale. You can't call it a myth. You can't call it a legend because it doesn't read at all like that. It doesn't read anything like Cinderella, anything like Paul Bunyan, anything like Zeus. First of all, none of them, as wonderful stories as they are, and as many people as know those stories, none of those stories have eyewitnesses to the reality of those people. None of those stories see those characters actually engaging in real historical events. You see, Jesus actually is a provable, measurable, historical figure whose life, death, and resurrection, but maybe for somebody who doesn't believe, I won't call it resurrection. I'll just say the report, 
The, the report of him being alive, the report of his body missing, that's all provable. Not just in the Bible, but even in, in uh, historical secular sources of that time. And those sources don't necessarily say they believe it, but we can verify that in fact that story was out there. That story was going. So now we're back to the eyewitnesses. Can we trust what these eyewitnesses are saying? Now maybe, maybe they have a motivation to lie to us. I think it's a little far-fetched to say they're all crazy. They're, they're, just, they're just all crazy and they all, they all got tricked. There's too many too many varieties of settings for, for that to be the case. It, in other words, it starts taking more faith to believe that than just to believe what the eyewitness said. Now, could the eyewitnesses be, be lying? Could they be making something up? We can say yes, but then I've got to explain, okay, well, what would be their motivation? I mean, we know these characters. We know these people. What would be their motivation? I know some would say today, well, they're, they're making all this up because they're going to get rich. They're going, to get, they're going to get rich on this story. You know, we see, we see religion, not just Christian religion, all, all religions. We, we've seen religion take advantage of people financially, right? Pastor up there just getting rich on the, on the backs of poor people. You know, we may see that. That may go on. That may be a reality, but not here. This went on for decades. So we know what happened financially. Nothing that's what happened financially. They, they, they were not getting rich. You can't say that's why they did this. You can't, well, so, well you know, religion just, you, you know, people use religion for power. They're, they're trying to get some kind of power. They want to be able to manipulate people. Again, we can look at places in history and say, yeah, that happens. Yeah, that goes on. But not with these eyewitnesses, not with these first century believers. Do, do you realize how difficult these first century believers would have had understanding you and me? They had no concept of, of wanting a culture to expect, respect my faith. I, I, I need the culture to respect my faith. I've got rights. I've, I've got freedoms. They would have no concept. They were just hoping the culture didn't stone them. They had no concept of a government that should be providing freedoms and protections. Their government fed them to lions. I mean, when you start talking about whatever kind of motivation you think might, you know what, I, I just want to start a religion. I just think it'd be cool. I started my own, my own religion. Listen, whatever kind of motivation somebody might have for that, the fact is what happened, not for a day, not for a week, for decades, what happened is they got run out of town, they got arrested, and they got killed. That was the common experience of the first century believer. Now, I tell you something, if the only reason I'm doing something is I think I got tricked, or I'm thinking I'm going to get some money out of this, or I'm going to get some kind of power, you know, when people start dying, I'm going to back off that lie pretty quickly, right? I, I mean, how long do you carry a lie when it's not profiting you? How long do you carry a lie when it's not doing what you want? The only thing this lie is getting me is run out of town. The only thing this lie has gotten for me so far is my family has been arrested. You, you just, you, you can't float that idea. I mean, we can verify all that in history. And that's where I start saying, you know, sooner or later, it starts taking more faith to come up with some other idea of what's going on here than just faith in the evidence. Faith in the reality that, that just quite possibly Jesus rose again. Does it take faith? It sure does. It sure does. But it takes faith to try to undo the story. 
and try to suggest that anything else happens. So, if this has happened, what are you and I to do with the resurrection? You know, there's two words, two key words that run all the way through the Gospels, two key words that come out of Jesus' mouth all the time, and, and we just saw them. We just saw one right there as Jesus is about to ascend back into heaven and he's wrapping up all these appearances and proving and now that he's proved, what does he say? Go preach repentance. Let people know they can be forgiven of sins. And he, and he adds that word repentance. You might remember several weeks ago when we were coming into the Gospels, we, we actually had a message looking at how Jesus used that, that word repentance. That's an important word. You know, we, we've, we've taken a part of the good news and we've said, you know, Jesus loves you and accepts you right where you are as you are. Is that true? It, it absolutely is. That's the good news, isn't it? But as he calls you, it's not to leave you as you were right where you are. Doing. Repentance means I was going this way in life. Now I'm going this way. I'm not going to receive the gift and then just continue on in the sin, continue on in the rebellion, continue on in my own selfish desires. It it is a repentance. So does Jesus accept us where we are? That's right. Right here, right now today, you can become a child of God. You can have the security of heaven. You can have God's forgiveness. You don't have to first go home and fix something. You don't have to first go home and stop, start, add, delete. You don't have to do anything like that. You can come to Christ just as you are. But as we come to Christ, we're turning away from our life and sin to follow him. It is a a changed life. Jesus is not saying, would you add me to your to-do list? He's saying, make me your to-do list. Make me your your life. And so that word repentance, why is it attached here to the resurrection? Because repentance is hard. You know why we don't repent? Because we like the way we live. I like my sin. I like what it does for me. I like what I get out of it. I don't, I don't want to, I want to change a little bit, but not, not everything. So what would motivate me to actually repent and turn away and begin a whole new life in Christ? The Jesus guy actually is the son of God. He actually conquered sin, death, and hell. That becomes the motivation for why I might actually change courses in life, beginning a new life in Christ. The other word we see Jesus use uh, a lot is the word belief. Do, do you believe this? You know, I, I love the way he uses the word in, in context of the, the resurrection. He is, remember I mentioned a moment ago, Jesus called the guy out of the grave that had been buried four days. That guy's name was Lazarus. He had two sisters, Mary, Martha, and, and then Lazarus, their siblings, and they are best friends with Christ. It's it, Christ's only group of friends is not the disciples. He he had other friends. Jesus in the Gospels would go out of his way to swing by Bethany and go see Mary, Martha, and Lazarus. He loved this family. He loved those three people. And they loved him. They they really did. And and so when Lazarus became sick, like real sick, like I don't think he's going to make it, Mary and Martha get a, a message to him and say, your friend, this person you love, our brother, he's dying. Can you come? And you know what Jesus did? He delayed. He waited. It's, boy, you really talk a lot there about sometimes when we feel like, hey, God, do you care? Are you, are you coming? Are you going to answer this? He, he didn't come. And so all of a sudden now, Jesus not only shows up right after Lazarus has died. No, Lazarus has been dead four days. I mean, he really delayed. 
and Mary and Martha, who love Jesus with all their heart, actually are a little put out with them. It's, it's kind of funny to read in John 11, because they, they say this right. They say, if you'd been here. You ever heard that from somebody? I've heard it once or twice from my wife. It wasn't a compliment. <laughs> if you'd been, I mean, that's, a, that's an accusation, isn't it? You know, if, if you'd have been here, this wouldn't have happened. If you'd have been here, my brother would still be alive. And, and Jesus says, well, you know, he's, he's going to live again. And, and Martha says, you know, I know, I know he's going to live again. Let me show you what Martha said. Look up here, John 11. Martha said to him, I know that he'll rise again in the day of resurrection. Right? That's what we believe. We're, we're going to rise again. We're going to be in heaven with God. And, and she says, you know, I, I believe that. And Jesus said to her, whoa. I. I am the resurrection. The resurrection is not an event. I am the resurrection. The, the resurrection is not an event. It's a relationship. It is in, the, the resurrection is, you know, you know, Jesus is not saying, I just experienced the event of resurrection. I am the resurrection. It is in me. I am. You're looking for life? I am, I don't bless your life. I don't make your life better. I am life. Life is in me. It's in relationship with me. The resurrection is in me. Not an event. Whoever. Oh, that's the good news, isn't it? Y'all heard me say that a thousand times. I love the word whoever because I fit in the word whoever. Whoever you are, whatever you've done, Wherever you've been, nothing disqualifies you from what Christ is offering. Whoever believes in this, yet he di- yet though he dies, he has that funeral, but he's going to live because I have that power. It's in me. Gosh, I wish I could just now one at a time make everybody leave and bring you back in one at a time and look Jesus eyeball to eyeball because I think this is the only way you can hear this question. Do you believe this? Do you realize who he's saying that to? Martha's already said she believes in the resurrection. She's already said he, she believes he's the Messiah. He already knows that she loves him. And to her he said, do you Believe this. And when I look at what he's correcting there, folks, I just, I fear that I see maybe a big mass of us. Because our belief, our relationship with Christ, is an event back there. Yeah, I I believed. I, I did that. And Jesus is saying, I'm not an event. I'm not a moment you had back there. I'm I'm life. I'm everything. I'm not a big part of your life. I'm all that there is in your I am life. I am the resurrection. Do you understand what he's saying now when he says, do you believe this? Do, Do you understand what it means to believe in me? It's not acknowledging that Jesus is son of God and he Died on a cross and rose again. I, yeah, sure, I've got to believe in something, right? We all need hope. No, I'm, I'm not looking to be something you just hold on to. I'm, I'm everything. Do you believe this?
Folks, do you realize the death, burial, and resurrection is not an event? It is the defining shaper of your life. Who you are as a mate is defined by the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Who you are as a friend is defined by the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. How you handle your finances, how you made a financial decision this week is motivated, is driven by the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. How you respond to enemies, how you respond to friends, how you watch the news, how you interpret life all through the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. I'm not an event. I'm everything. I am the source of everything. Do you believe this? I don't know. I think I think that's a question every single one of us has to answer. And I'm not implying your answer is wrong. Your answer is bad. Your, you, 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 your answer is not enough. I'm just saying if he said that to Martha... I'm thinking he actually expects me today, afresh, anew, to answer, do you believe this? Let's pray. Jesus, I I pray for every one of us in here, myself, this day, this week, we maybe perhaps could, could have that experience of just being absolutely alone with you. You, you, you know we love you. You know we're trying to believe. We, we believe you're the son of God. We, we believe there's this day of resurrection out there. Lord, I pray we could have the same moment. I pray for everybody in here the same moment that Martha had. Where we're not just spouting off our theology. We're not just spouting off uh, some beliefs that we've adhered to. But we're actually responding to you, a person who is alive. That we understand afresh, or maybe we understand anew for the first time, that belief in you is not an event back there. It's our entire life. And... and, and Guide us, Lord, into what we do with that. Guide us, Lord, into what we do next with with these words where we say we believe in you and we believe there's a day of resurrection. God, guide us in what we do when we understand the word repentance, when we understand the word belief. And we hear that it was out of your power in the resurrection. It was out of the evidence of who you are as the Son of God in the resurrection That you look each of us eyeball to eyeball and say, do you believe this? I pray the answer changes the rest of our lives, changes every moment of every day, this week and every week to come. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.